coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Either Billy Mitchell or Mark Mitchell allegedly cheated at Donkey Kong. Find out which one by the end of this episode. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host slash possibly alleged cheater, Mark Mitchell. Uh, we've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about uh, Mario Kart coming to mobile and the uh, an answer to a long-standing question uh, about the Mushroom Kingdom. And then on Thursday, we're going to be coming back to discuss Switch's online service and everything that that could be. So come back for that. But in the meantime, Mark... You possibly alleged cheater. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm mm-hmm. doing really, really well. Yeah, that's good. Did you you uh, watch that Super Bowl? I did watch the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, me too. Yeah, we uh, we just gotta stop letting straight white men perform at the halftime show, or at least they have to be accompanied by somebody, um. With a little more flavor. I just think it needs to be someone who uh, cares that they're performing at the halftime <laughs> show. Like, I just, I, I, I mentioned to Sarah after the, uh, after the show, I was like, I think he's just not cool enough to, is that crazy? Is it crazy to say Justin Timberlake's not cool enough? No. I mean, after yesterday's performance, I think anything's on the table. Yeah. I think that's right. I think, look out, Timberlake. We're gunning for you. <laughs> It's an official Nintendo Cartridge Society stance. That's right. Uh, another official Nintendo Cartridge Society stance. Mm. We're loving this weather. Oh, yeah. Uh, warm, mm-hmm. but not like too warm. Actually, it was a little bit chilly today, come to think of it. I mean, winter's over, but not over. I don't know. Look, Mark and I have n- literally nothing to say about the weather <laughs> <laughs> in LA right now. We're saying it's sort of warm, but kind of cold. Yeah. Uh, our guest weather today is Edwards Air Force Base in California. Um, seems like they're just rocking some sort of like mid seventies, sunny, uh, little to no rain. But you know that's California for you. So yeah, big ups to our listeners at Edwards Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the biggest of ups. Um, quick update on our Sonic Forces borrowing program. If you would like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces on the Nintendo Switch, you are more than welcome to do so. Just Send us an email with your address on it, and I shoot the thing along to you. You play it for a while, send it back to me. It costs you nothing. Uh, so you just need to send your address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And that whole thing just plays out just like I described it. It's out to somebody right now. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, there's a little bit of a wait, but, you know. Uh, Good things come to those who wait. Right. And for free. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, Mark, you want to get into what we've been playing this week? Yeah. So it's been kind of a light video gaming week for me outside of the greater sphere of Street Fighter V, uh-huh. uh, which I continue to play a lot of making good on at least one of my uh, 2018 New Year's resolutions. Have I forgotten what the other four are? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, we can, you and I and everybody else can always go back That's to right. that episode. 
which is maybe our first, our first one of the year. Mm, or last one of last year. Or it could have been like the third one of this year. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, to, to check those out. Uh, but yeah, my one of my resolutions was to get really into fighting games this year, uh, which keeps me off of my uh, Nintendo platforms a little bit. Uh, but I continue to play uh, Pokemon Crystal, which I am still enjoying. I've remembered that one of the things that I always find frustrating about a Pokemon game is that you are only ever fighting one Pokemon at a time. You only have one out at a time. Uh, and so it doesn't feel like a regular like party-based RPG to me, even though you are like sending them all out together. You know, there's still like it's still one at a time. And I don't know, it always feels like you know as soon as the fight starts how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it just, you just watch it play out, which is fine, I guess. It's just, um, it's not always the most exciting or in- engaging thing. What have you been playing? So I'm still making my way through Celeste. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've kind of, I don't, not given up at trying to, um, <laughs> like do things cleanly mm-hmm. but because you can die and it just respawns you and there's like very little friction to that yeah um i just sometimes will find myself just like throwing the uh character at a problem over and over yeah. right because you're just like oh i consequence free yeah consequence free right um so i'm like brute forcing my way through some of these levels i guess <laughs> i think that's how the game is intended to be played though right it's really fun uh i just did um, there's like a haunted hotel type level Ooh. that I just finished. And then I've also been playing uh, Stardew Valley. It was actually one of those things where I turned on my Switch with the intention of playing Celeste, but I was in Stardew Valley and I was like, oh, I don't want to lose my progress for this day. I was like down in the mine. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'll just like finish this. And then I ended up getting caught up in that. Right. And then it's like three hours later. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There's so much content. I, I'm about uh a year through like uh in-game time uh in my game for just the first year and for a while i was like uh should i just start over and like try a different terrain and do all that kind of stuff but there's so much in this game that i have only scratched the surface of like i just barely went to the desert for the first time yeah sure so i like barely figured out how you could do that and there's a whole another mine in there and just like all this kind of stuff I'm like, no, I, I haven't really done anything at the, um, I've only just started, uh, wh- what is it, like the community center? Yeah, sure, where there are like little magical creatures yeah, inside and I've like, like little portals. Mm-hmm, and yeah. when you bring uh, certain items, then you can like open up new stuff. And I've kind of played around with that, but now I'm like more focused on doing it. And so, yeah, there's no point in restarting because I would have to do you all of this build over back again. Up, yeah yeah um so yeah that's that was basically the gaming time i had i love that uh stardew valley for you is like fulfilling the promise of stardew valley right yeah that it's absolutely like, just keep coming back just keep making what you want of the experience well and i find it much more pleasant to come back to than uh after a while away than something like Animal Crossing because mm. there are no consequences for missing time. Sure, because you're Valley. not missing that time. Yeah, it just picks up right where you left it versus Animal Crossing where it makes you feel bad yes. for not checking in. That's why I stopped paying attention to my Nintendog. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, I left her alone for four days. 
I know I'm going to go back and she's going to be mad at me. Yeah. And so uh, I get why they do it. But sometimes it makes returning to the game a lot less fun. Yeah. Um, so not a game I played, but I did watch the uh, the video on Twitch of uh, Twitch user Cheese05 uh, beating his previous uh, Super Mario 64 70 star run uh, like speed record. Um, it comes in at like 43 minutes or something like that. Um, it's not. <clears throat> it's one of these runs that's not. It's not like glitch free. Because, um, you know, he's doing some things where you're like, oh, he's clearly, like, clipping through the wall there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uh, does a trick with, like, you throw up a bomb, and then you grab it again and jump backwards, and it sort of, like, propels Mario further backwards. Um, but, uh, yeah, so to get 70 stars, you know, he's not he's not skipping any of the Bowser fights or, you know, any, any of, like, the real gates in the game. Um, but, like, man, it is amazing to watch someone at expert level just, like, command those levels and get like all seven stars in a level in like four minutes and it's like how are, how yeah. how are you doing it speed running is so cool uh it's one of those things it's like if i wanted to become a professional football player today it's like no i'm too old you know oh, like yeah. my fingers wouldn't don't work that way anymore yeah like i just don't have the stamina your fingers don't work that way your eyes don't work that way your brain doesn't work i again i've been playing a lot of street fighter five and like every day I'm like, God, these young kids yeah, <laughs> and their quick reflexes. But it's it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, a- absolutely. All right. Uh, that's what we've been playing this last week. Let's get into the new releases and what we, what we might be playing next week. All right. So today, February 6th, a uh, few games come out on the Switch eShop. You have Dandara, Black Hole. Mercenary Kings Reloaded Edition and Mercenaries Saga Chronicles. Dandara is supposed to be something, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it seems to be something that people are excited about. I can't speak any more. I can't speak to it any more than that. No, I've just seen the name I. a lot. Shoot. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like we failed here, Mark. Yeah. We'll report back on Dandara next week. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, maybe we won't. We'll yeah, see. Good, good point. On Wednesday, uh, the Dark Side Detective comes out on Switch eShop. On Thursday, um, you have Disc Jam, Atomic, Run Gun, Jump Gun, uh, Aegis Defenders, Aperion, Cyberstorm, Arcade Archives, Crazy Climber, and uh, another Neo Geo game, 2020 Super Baseball. Seems like a bumper crop of, like, no one cares, right? <laughs> we, I mean, who we knows? We have an abundance. I mean, we who knows? Because... We don't know Dandara. <laughs> we seem to care about Dandara, but we don't know anything about it. So there might be something in I there d- that we care about. I don't mean about. to misrepresent us. I don't know that <laughs> we care about Dandara, but we know that there are people who care about Dandara, yes, and we yeah. care about that. <laughs> right? Yeah, we care about seeming... I mean, it's the whole high school thing. We care about <laughs> seeming like we care, right? Yes, thank you. Yeah. It's the whole high school thing. Yeah, exactly. And then on Friday... Here's the real juice. Dragon Quest Builders comes out for Switch, the first one. And uh, I am interested and excited about this game after playing the demo. I don't know that I'm going to pick it up. What? Right now, only oh, because okay. um, I'm assuming it'll go on sale later, maybe when I have more time to play it. Or I'll just wait for uh, the second one to come out. Uh, do we know the second one is coming out on Switch? We do, because it was announced mm. um, by Square Enix when the game was announced. And that's also when they said the Builders was coming west. So, or maybe that it was coming to Switch at all. So, 
Yes, we do know the second one is coming, at least in Japan. Maybe we know for sure it's coming here. I assume it would if the first one is. Basically, I'm interested in this game, but I don't know when I will be. But not that interested. Well, not enough to throw down like 50 bucks or whatever for it Probably 60. It's probably a full full, uh, game. And what and like we learned from Resident Evil Chronicles is that mm. the or Revelations Revelations yes Chronicles is the light gun yes right yeah <laughs> look we the re- we recorded the last one of these eight days ago and it feels like a it million feels years ago like forever yeah. Mark what's happening I don't know <laughs> so Resident Evil Revelations two was so much better than the first game, and I, like a sucker, bought the first game, not the second one. Right. I don't want to make that mistake again, so I might as well wait for Dragon Quest Builders two to come out. Just like I'll probably end up buying Bayonetta two, and not not the first one. Although you can get both for sixty bucks, so live and learn, (laughs) or refuse to learn. Or, like, learn and don't apply what you've learned. There you go. There we go. Learn, make the same mistakes over and over again anyway. All right. Speaking of making the same mistakes over and over again anyway, Mark, let's uh, move into the next segment. And it's time for a regular segment on the show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, let's talk about that Solo trailer. Mm-hmm. Solo, uh, a Star Wars story. Solo, a Star Wars story. Not Han Solo. No. Um, don't love the name. Yeah, I mean, I don't love the name, but I think we've talked about this on this show. Uh, what's a Star Wars movie with a good name? Yeah, I mean, Rogue One is pretty good. Rogue One is pretty but good. But I, I actually think what I dislike about the name is the word mark. How uh, it's like solo in huge letters. Yeah, there aren't a and lot then, of letters like, in there. And then like the uh, a Star Wars story um, part of it, like, I don't know. It just, it looks wrong. It looks unbalanced. It do- Yeah, you're right. It looks like there's there's just not enough letters. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not enough letters, not enough I'm words. I'm hungry for letters. Yeah, we need them letters. Mm-hmm. Give me that alphabet soup. Mm-hmm. But we've come here not to discuss the name. Right. I mean, the name is part of the trailer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's not leave it. It's not verboten. We can discuss it if we must. But we have. Right. Um, where, where is your hype level just generally regarding uh, this movie? Okay, so... Uh, I feel neutral, and yeah. I th- I think I will be more interested in seeing it closer to May. It's we still feel real close t- to the Last Jedi, yeah, a movie that I liked, but I feel like I've had my fill of Star Wars, yeah. for the year. That's why I'm confused as to why they didn't push this one back to December, and so we just get a Star Wars film. A year that makes more sense to me than do- having this one come out like six months later. Right, and then presumably we're gonna wait another eighteen months for another Star Wars movie. Yeah, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Why? Why? Uh, yeah, I don't. What is that? They're they're. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they're... Look, it's been eight days. <laughs> <laughs> they're twenty eighteen. They're like December or November must already be really packed, uh... like Disney's release schedule. Otherwise. Yeah, um, I, I guess so, but like I, I don't know. I, I feel like Star Wars is its own thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, just like 
I for, for me going to see Star Wars on Christmas like with my family like that makes perfect sense. Yeah, you know that that is like a the perfect equation. What movie can the whole family go see together? Star, Star Wars. Wars, great. Uh, am I going to see my family over Memorial Day? I don't think so. <laughs> All this being said, mm. I thought the trailer looked fun. It looked different than I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be more funny. Mm, yeah, it does not appear to be super funny. Um, but I feel like humor has been a big part of the more recent Star Wars movies. Uh, so uh, it would be weird if, especially given that the movie is directed or was started to be directed by uh, Lord Miller. So like, there's got to be some of that DNA in in the movie still. And like, Donald Glover's a funny guy. Right. I, yeah. I, I don't think it'll be not funny. And they shouldn't sell Ron Howard short, I guess. <laughs> right? Right. He was on Happy Days. He directed Ed TV. There. <laughs> this is all true. Um, the trailer kind of makes it look like a heist movie, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Woody Harrelson's character. He is says like, he's putting together a team. Yes. I'm, I am so on board for this idea, like a Star Wars like Western heist movie. I think that's a great idea. But oh no! Anytime they've tried to not they anytime I feel like when uh the last time we saw this sort of like pseudo heist genre movie was with Ant Man, which was yeah sure. a fine movie but a terrible heist film. Yeah, like doesn't hold its water as a as a heist film. Yeah, but as like a B superhero movie, totally fine, fine. And you know, Solo can do could do worse than that. But I would love to see a good, like, Ocean's Eleven-style heist movie success- successfully executed in a genre film. Yeah. And I don't... I'm struggling to think of one, if we have seen one. Well, I, I don't think we have. But what it should be is it should be all the bounty hunters in Empire, in the Empire Strikes uh-huh. Back, all of them put together in, like, a Dirty Dozen kind of situation where they all have to work together to, like, heist something out. Great. I love it. I love that. Let's see that. <laughs> yeah, let's see that. Um, now, uh, oh, never mind. Oh, well, I guess, I guess we'll, we'll never know. We will never know. Uh, we were accompanied today by violinist Robert Rescott. Uh, like a Scooby-Doo name. Yeah, Robert Rescott. <laughs> that means we're in the news. So the Project Octopath Traveler team released a video detailing how they are incorporating fans' criticism from the demo version of the game. Did you ever... Did you play the demo? Yes. Yeah, okay. Did you get a... Did you then get a survey? I got the survey. But you didn't fill it out. That's right. I got the survey, and I was basically like, I loved it. I loved everything about it. I was not helpful in any way. (laughs) They incorporated all of that criticism. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But presumably, other more thoughtful... Mm. Uh, survey takers left some notes and in the video they like talk about some of the things that they're changing like the speed of battle and just like the contrast in the art style so you can more clearly see where like paths are and stuff Mm -hmm. and all the things they were talking about uh in the video that they're changing i was like oh yeah that would be nice i didn't really (laughs) like that i should have like right that would have been a good thing to include in my survey it's weird to uh play a video game and then have homework about it right <laughs> yeah but i actually kind of like it yeah uh because you know um a lot of times on forums or twitter or wherever we're just like shouting into the void yeah and maybe somebody is paying attention but uh i do because it's nice to have that like direct confirmation that like this specific complaint that everyone everyone's saying like 
oh, I wish you could move faster around the world. And they're like, okay. Here yeah, you go. I think so. I mean, you uh, contrast that with the way the community feels about like Destiny 2 right now. Sure. Where they feel like they're, uh, all their complaints are either not really being addressed or they're being addressed so slowly as to like not really make any difference. Right. Or like how the Street Fighter V community is like, hey, maybe Abigail should be nerfed a little <laughs> bit. Like he's maybe too tough right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly like that. Um, but they send out these surveys for a lot of games, uh, or at least I, maybe because I purchase all mine digitally that I get them more often, but so I, I answer surveys for like a ton of stuff. I, I've seen that too. The thing that makes this different uh, is that it's the demo for the game. And right. So they're like, like, we're going to change mm -hmm. this instead of like, what did you think of this game that's already <laughs> <Tough>. completed? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Thank you. Here's some like um, my Nintendo coins that you can use on nothing Switch related. Oh my Ugh. gosh. Have some... someday, Mark. Hey. Yeah. Someday. Someday. Allegedly, uh, Nintendo held their Labo event in New York City this weekend, but remained weirdly tight-lipped about which of their studios is actually responsible um, for either the software or cardboard building components of Labo. A uh, little bit of a mystery here. Yeah, uh, I guess we'll find out on April twentieth when we watch when we look at the credits. There was a rumor, mm. and I can't stress this enough that it's just a rumor, right? That would you uh, go so far as to say that it is uh, unfounded panic? Unfounded <laughs> possible. Well, uh, yes, yes, I would go so far as to say that. Uh, retro. That's what I thought you were yes. going to say. <laughs> it was is possibly responsible for it. Yeah, that feels like unfounded panic for me, though, right? That, like, yes. uh, fans of Retro and of the Metroid Prime trilogy, trilogy are like, what would my worst nightmare be? It would be if Retro had been toiling away on this baby toy for babies instead of a cool gun game. Yeah. and For me and my cool gun friends. I think whatever Retro is working on, those people are going to be disappointed. Yes. Yeah, they're not going to make Raven Blade. They're not going back and making Raven Blade. That's never going to happen. Mark, uh, don't tell me about Raven Blade. <laughs> that may not even be what it was called. Uh, a lot of news came out of uh, the Nintendo's earnings call last week, including Nintendo announced Mario Kart Tour, a new entry in uh, the Mario Kart franchise for mobile platforms. The game is due out in March. Is this true? I'm uh, just now reading it. Is it due out in March or is it due out the fiscal year ending March 2019? Uh, I believed the the former, but I I suppose I could be wrong about that. Oh, okay. let, 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 let me look it up. What uh what what are your thoughts about um Mario Kart on mobile? Again, it's one of those things where uh I I don't have very much vision for this because I'm trying to imagine what this could be. That's just not a mobile mario kart game uh so you are correct anywhere between april uh yes so next uh financial year so anytime starting april of this year through march of next year so it could be a while yeah so interesting that they're announcing this now right when with such a broad release date yeah um, arguably not even a release date yeah window a right. launch window but, yeah, I don't know. I, I have a hard time seeing how this is not just a mobile Mario Kart game, which is not necessarily something I'm complaining about, other than, uh, you know, Nintendo's mobile efforts have just kind of are serviceable. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be interested to see what... I think it all comes down to control, right? Like, how are you playing Mario Kart? Am I, like, steering it like a steering wheel? Is it touchscreen controls? Which, you know? and steering it like a steering wheel actually does make sense on a mobile phone. Sure, I mean, there's... You'd hold it like a Wiimote, kind of. Yeah, but, I mean, the weird thing is, like, you're moving the screen with it, you know? Like, right. if you're trying to do, like, a 90-degree, a like, quick turn, like, you gotta move your whole body with it. Um. So yeah, I don't, I just, I, I think it is all going to come down to that. If like they can nail control, then it can be like a limited, you know, thing with like four circuits or whatever and, and be fine. And like, what does monetization look like? What indeed? Uh, they also, Nintendo and Illumination Studios an officially announced their partnership to make an animated Super Mario Brothers movie with Shigeru Miyamoto serving as producer on the project. So we had talked about this a little bit. Because there were rumors that uh, Illumination Entertainment was going to be the one that uh, made an animated Mario movie. It makes sense because Nintendo is working closely with Universal uh, on Super Nintendo World for the Universal Studios theme parks. Right. Illumination is part of Universal. And so all the pieces connect. Yeah, so it makes sense. Um, this does not fill me with much enthusiasm for the project because... I think their movies are generally bad. Yeah, I liked the first Despicable Me movie, just fine. Mm-hmm. And then have, uh, I guess, not seen any of them since. Uh, I saw Secret Lives of Pets mm-hmm. and um, thought it was pretty disappointing and bad. Yeah. It was like random scenes all connected by uh, montages to pop songs that I didn't care about. Oh, man, I don't. Look and sing also seemed like it was basically that, <laughs> except that movie looked like a nightmare. That oh man, when they when there were sing posters up everywhere in L.A., like those giant like uh, building size advertisements, it I I hated it. Like it <laughs> it seemed it did like a nightmare. Mark, yeah, I think you had it right the first time. I shouldn't try to improve on that. It looked like a nightmare. I mean, we've seen Black Mirror. We know what dystopians are look like. They it's, look like that. They look like Los Angeles when it's heavily There's, promoting Sing. Uh, Switch's online service has a release date. It is due out in September of 2018 and promises players access to, quote, online gameplay, lobbies, voice chat, and a, uh, quote. Yeah, quote within the quote. <laughs> classic game selection, end quotes, all of them. Uh, we'll be talking more about this on Thursday. Right, so that this is our our topic for the the Thursday episode is the Nintendo Switch online structure. Um, I think we can just move on from there. Okay, the Switch continues to sell incredibly well. Uh, Nintendo shipped fourteen point eight six million Switch consoles by the end of December. Not only does this eclipse the Wii U's entire lifetime sales of thirteen point five six million, it puts the console on pace to be the fastest selling console ever. Uh, for comparison. The Wii had sold 13.7 million units, and the PS4 had sold 13.4 million. And that's in their first year, so that's even truncating the uh, last two months of the, um, I guess, year here for uh, the the Switch to to round that out. Software is pretty crazy as well. Super Mario Odyssey sold 9.7 or 9.07 million copies. That's in two months. Yeah, yeah, that's nuts. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has sold 7.33 million copies. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild has sold 6.7 million copies. And Splatoon 2 sold 4.91 million copies. Uh, that's a lot of software. Mm-hmm. 
I, I suppose it makes sense because Mario greater than Zelda, but it is surprising to me that Odyssey outsold Zelda by that much. Well, how quickly? Yes. Well, and I mean, even just at all, like knowing what Zelda's reputation is and like the fact that for a little while, uh, Breath of the Wild on Switch sales were outpacing the Switch itself, that people were either buying two copies or buying a copy before they had their Switch. Um, And, you know, it is like trumpeted as one of the greatest games ever made, which I suppose Odyssey also is, but... um, I mean, just what a what a banner year for Nintendo, I guess. Yeah, seriously. Uh, when Rhyme launched on Switch last year, it was plagued with numerous performance issues. Developer Graybox announced on their website that they have submitted a patch to Nintendo, but it's possible the patch will be denied because it exceeds the size normally permitted. Um, Rhyme interests me when it uh, was, I guess, when it first came to like the the other platforms, but it was one of those like. Oh, I will wait and see yeah, it on it was Switch. Like re- it was revealed for Switch, you know, yes. like in April or May or something, mm-hmm. but was, didn't come out until December or November. Yeah, pretty late. Um, and especially because it had been out on Xbox One and PlayStation and whatnot. With kind of middling reviews. Kind Not of middling bad, reviews. But like, yeah, but I mean, you know, that's yeah, I don't always need to play a perfect game. Um, but then when it came to Switch, I guess it uh, had a, a lot of performance problems. Um, frame rate drops and clipping and stuff. Uh, so it's cool to know that they, you know, are working on a solution for it. Um, and it may be a little bit weird that they're like, we have a fix. I don't know if Nintendo will let us do it. Well, I feel like NBA Playgrounds uh, ran into the same issue where, you know, they were submitting. I think we even had a news story where they had submitted a patch to Nintendo, but it was bigger than Nintendo usually allows. Mm. And I think, and then we didn't hear anything for a long time. And I think what they ended up doing is just a couple of weeks ago, they released a like entirely new version of the game on the eShop. Oh, weird. In fact, possibly even, even like replacing the old version called NBA Playgrounds Enhanced Edition and included like all the fixes and everything. So it makes me think that that was their workaround having like an enormous patch so if there's a workaround shouldn't nintendo just be like yeah okay give us your big patches well i mean i think the workaround is creating an entirely new like skew basically sure which i'm sure works different than the patch system so why do we think this is why do we think nintendo's got this like limit on uh patches you think that's just too like I think it's like a band. Hmm. I think it's a bandwidth thing. I think it's similar to in the 360 era, the Xbox had uh, limits to how big patches could be, and the limits were very small. And so patches on the uh, Xbox 360 would download almost instantly because they were like megabits or megabytes big. Oh, really? Compared to, I don't. I don't know the PSN has ever had those limits, and so the patches could be much larger. But that puts all the onus on the person who owns the software. Right versus in yeah, sure. theory, if you're limiting the uh, size a patch could be, then developers have more of an incentive to create a finished product and put that out first. I think that's the idea behind it. Right, but I mean that's just obviously not the world we live in anymore. Like games aren't done when they're done. Uh, every everything that's come, I mean, that's been like the strategy for Splatoon and Arms, like big Nintendo games that, like, they know they're going to continue to add to them. And... But that's different, though, because 
uh, the every time there's a new item or a new stage introduced to Splatoon, I don't think Splatoon two updates. I think it's a lot of it is done server side. Oh, that's interesting. I think only balance patches have to be downloaded for something like Splatoon two. You're absolutely correct that it's not the world we live in. I mean, think of the uh, Master Chief collection. Yeah. You know, for the Xbox One, when that launched, it was an absolute disaster. And if there had been patch limits, it just wouldn't have been possible. And as if Nintendo wants to, you know, continue to position itself as a modern, fully, uh, like, You featured, can say functional. <laughs> yeah, like, functional, you know, like, alternative um, for third parties, then I think... Again, you're right. That is the world we're living in. Yeah. And I don't know if that is Nintendo's uh, intention with having patch size limits, but I think that was the thinking for Microsoft back in the day. Right. Finish your game. Uh, is it Genyo? Genyo? Takeda? I'd say Genyo, but what do I know? Genyo Takeda is being honored with a Lifetime Achievement Award at next month's DICE Awards presented by the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences. Takeda spent over 40 years at Nintendo working on such franchises as Punch-Out! and Star Tropics, but he's probably best known for his work in hardware. Him and his team developed the N64, GameCube, Wii, Wii U. Um, he's like a Nintendo rock star. Uh, well, good for him then. Um, that's, that's a pretty cool resume. Yeah. Man, that, that Star Tropics bit. <laughs> the rest of it. The rest of it, yeah, whatever. I mean, the Wii U. Uh, <laughs> is, there a, is there a new Sonic... The Hedgehog or Sonic Team Racing game in development? Who knows, Mark? Possibly. This year... Uh, this is another kind of mystery. This is a, a, a wormhole that we're going down here. So this year's uh, SXSW Gaming will... South by Southwest. Yes. Will feature a panel from Sonic Team entitled Gotta Go Fast, the official Sonic the Hedgehog panel, which will include a world-exclusive look at what comes next for the fastest blue hedgehog. The panel is scheduled for March 16th. Simultaneously, mm. British toy company Zappies, who produced a number of toys for Sonic and All-Stars Team Racing Transformed, mentioned the new kart racing game currently in development uh, at some toy fair in Germany <laughs> yeah. at like a city that I will never be able to pronounce. Uh, so, I guess not a surprise that new Sonic, a, a new Sonic game would be in the works. Uh, obviously, all... Or, um, Mania, Sonic Mania, was a big success mm -hmm. for them. Um, and I guess people are buying Sonic Forces and borrowing my copy. <laughs> so it's a, at least a mild success there. Um, and kart racers are super... Did you ever play um, Sonic and All-Stars? Only the smallest amount. Yeah. I Like, never unlock Danica Patrick or whatever the deal was. Oh, you gotta at least get to Danica Patrick. <laughs> that's when you... <laughs> that's when the game, like, crosses over from, like, just the normal level of like Sonic All-Stars weirdness to like what is going on here. <laughs> like I've got a normal human an actual human being, a real person in this game. Um it's okay. I mean it's uh, a pretty good kart racer. Um although I feel like most kart racers end up being pretty good. I think it's just a good genre. Yeah, I'm I agree. I'm trying to think of like really bad kart racers. Right. I think I just like them all. Uh, all I'm really interested in is Sonic Mania 2. Oh, yeah? You think we're going to get a Sonic Mania 2? No, I don't. <laughs> but I think that that's the uh, only other Sonic game that I would buy. Infamous Donkey Kong player Billy Mitchell is the 
uh, latest record holder to have some of his high scores come into question. Uh, Donkey Kong Forms has removed three of Mitchell's high scores after analysis showed that he misled the community about playing on real arcade hardware and that he instead was playing on emulator. Uh, Mitchell has not verified his gameplay using alternate methods, but he does have a witness by the name of Todd Rogers. Of course, if that sounds familiar, it's because Rogers had high scores of his own removed last month for the Atari game Dragster when he submitted a score that is technically impossible. Oops. So, you know, absolutely innocent until proven guilty. In a court of law. So get him. (laughs) Yeah. This is the court of public opinion. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Billy Mitchell, uh, one of the subjects of the documentary King of Kong, uh, which is great. It used to be on Netflix, I think. I wonder if it's still available somewhere. It's got to be available somewhere. Directed by the director of Horrible Bosses. There you go. Um, King of Kong is is really good. Yeah, uh, it's and, really good. And tracks two um, Donkey Kong players as they uh, you know go back and forth for high, high score in the game. And Billy Mitchell in particular is... He's a character. Yeah. It's safe to say. Um, it has got like this nerd swagger like you wouldn't believe. Um, and, you know, has his own line of uh, hot, hot sauces. sauces. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like he's a guy that like you kind of want to see fail. Um, so like th- this might be a little bit of a blood in the water kind of thing. <laughs> right. That, yeah, but we're circling. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Because no, we feel no, invested. We're the sharks. <laughs> we feel invested in this for some reason. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. We played Donkey Kong a little bit. <laughs> Get <once>. him. <laughs> Get him. Um, playing with an emulator. Do we know what the problem is with that? Just means that it, his gameplay footage could be manipulated or yeah, whatever in some way. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's just on an arcade cabinet that we... It, that's a more trustworthy source or at the very least that's uh things are submitted records are submitted in different categories as either emulated or uh on arcade machine and you know why would you say it was on arcade machine if it's actually emulated unless you were hiding something what did billy mitchell know and when did he know it <laughs> checks uh, yeah we just we just <laughs> want to know the facts that's it we just want to know the facts yep i don't think we're asking unreasonable things here mark me either um also, it should uh, go then without saying that our teaser at the top of the episode, Mark, you have not been accused of, of cheating at Donkey Kong. Uh, not that I know of. No, I've, uh, as far as I know, you've not played that much Donkey Kong. <laughs> Never in the arcade, as far <laughs> as I'm aware. There you go. Uh, finally, in a developer video, Nintendo confirmed that Toad is not wearing a hat. The mushroom part is, in fact, his head. Now, Mark. I mean, I don't know. I feel like this goes without saying. Don't you? I can't remember where we came down on this because we had had a news article about, we had had a news item about this previously. Here's the thing. If in Super Mario Odyssey, right, Uh when you encounter the music toad. Yes. I guess spoiler for late game Odyssey uh, because he doesn't show up right away. um, He's wearing headphones Mm -hmm. and the headphones are on like, they're on the mushroom. This is part. also true of Super Mario Run. This is also, yes, you're right. Um, so, like, either if that's a hat, uh-huh. he's got headphones on the outside of an enormous hat. Uh huh. So that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yes. Have you ever seen a toad wearing a hat on top of his mushroom head? The answer is yes. Yes, you have. Yes. Um, you so, have in fact seen this. I mean, let's also remember though that. Hmm. Mario Cannon is real loosey-goosey. Mm, yes. You know, so uh, somebody's head today might be their hat tomorrow. 
And before right. you know it, you're the Koopa Kids. And you've been, like, cut out of the will. A- absolutely. You're the Koopa Kids. You're the Koopalings. You have a different set of names, as they did in one of the animated series. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we were talking about this before the show, but since the introduction of Cappy, what even is a hat anymore? Yeah. They could be a spirit little creature thing. No one knows. Uh, there are a bunch of weird little tidbits from these interviews, including uh, Koizumi stating or claiming that there is something in Odyssey that players have not yet discovered. Yeah, the question is posed like, uh, is there something in the game that you thought would be easily discovered that uh, players haven't yet? Uh, and Koizumi says, I mean, this is translated, of course, so who knows what you know the actual intention of his words are. Um, but he says something along the lines of like, yeah, we put we put something in there. Um, and I don't want to spoil it, but I just, it's, it, there's something there. Uh, which, like, what does that mean? <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in the game. He doesn't know what I've experienced, right? Right. As far as we know. As far as we know. Mark, what do you think that is? What, what do you think Koizumi has, has hidden from us? Oh, I don't even know. I mean, there was a developer working, who worked on Splatoon 2 who, like, teased a similar thing. And it ended up being, like, a tiny fragment of a like metro ticket that was embedded in the a ground texture somewhere that like had his name on it so all right, all right. nintendo developers <laughs> let's let's like let's let's like uh raise the bar on what we think is like an easter egg or just like lower temper expectations yes be like hey there's a surprise in here no one's noticed it's not a good one just so you know it's not a good so surprise. like i hope you find it but also just like know that your only reward is going to be me saying yes. <laughs> right. And I probably won't even smile that much when I say it. It'll be a begrudging yes. You found my last surprise. Mm-hmm. All right, Mark, let's move out of the news. And that is actually going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, if you could share uh, our episodes and rate, review, and subscribe, all of that good stuff on Apple Podcasts, all of that helps us out a ton, uh, and we certainly appreciate it when, when y'all do that. Um, here's something we should have mentioned at the top of the show. Later this month, slash maybe the beginning of March, we're going to be ranking the dungeons from uh, The Legend of Zelda. The Ocarina, Ocarina of, of Time. Time. Thank you. Um, and, you know, Mark and I remember this game pretty well, mm-hmm. uh, but we sure could use your input. Uh, what do you remember about those dungeons? What are your favorites? What are your least favorites? Help us rank these things. Uh, you can send that to us just by emailing us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. We are at Nincart Society. The Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you like Mark and Mind's opinions, we write about comic books on RetconPunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can find more of his music by going to apapetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, I'm not sure Mark's ever played Donkey Kong. Though I wouldn't put cheating past him. Thanks for listening.